In this, our last week of the Stranger Things series, we looked at how L has the power to save everyone from the evil creatures, and uh, they don't really have the power themselves. And that mirrors a whole lot like us when we try and do things by our own righteousness, by our own good works, by our own strength, instead of relying on Jesus. So let's get into it. So this week, Samantha led our teaching, and she showed us a clip from the very end of Stranger Things Season 1. And it was uh, the end where they're all in the school running around, and there's a Demogorgon chasing all the kids, trying to eat them. And uh, they're losing hard, right? All the boys are there, and they're trying. Lucas has a slingshot, and he's like shooting stuff at this Demogorgon. It's not really doing good. And all of a sudden, he pulls back one more time, releases something, it hits the Demogorgon, and it stops in its tracks. And all the boys are like, oh, maybe maybe we did it. Maybe we're, we're on to something. But then you see Elle come walking from behind him, and she has these powers, and she stops the Demogorgon and throws it against the wall and ends up um, defeating it. But it's a really beautiful picture, I think, of what we do um, in our own lives, like, that's what sin looks like. If you're like, what is sin? Like, It's like that Demogorgon, right? It's this thing that wants to <laughs> jump on us and eat us and destroy us. Um, and it's stuff that we try and sometimes throw, you know, use a slingshot to defeat this giant, crazy, powerful monster. And there's no way we're going to like hand wrestle it. So we try and use other tactics, right? But it doesn't work, right? We, we try in our own righteousness. We try in our own strength. We try just to like knuckle down and be like, I'm strong and I'm not going to sin anymore. Or uh, we try a bunch of different ways to, to get around this idea of sin and we fail, right? So that led us into a discussion of one of probably the most influential chapters, I think, in the entire Bible that is not about Jesus, right? But it is. But it's not about Jesus's life here on earth. It's not in the Gospels. But it's Paul writing to the Romans in chapter 8. And that whole chapter is ridiculously amazing. So go ahead, take some time this week, read all of it. But we just looked at the beginning of it, Romans 8, 1 through 4. Um, we especially looked at it in the message version because it's pretty amazing, uh, the way the way that it describes it. But the beginning of it talks about how we are under the law, right? That God sent this law. He sent this law to Moses, um, to these people, uh, Israel, who, who God had led out of Egypt. And he gave these laws to Moses to set these people apart, to make them different from the nations around them. And not only different for the sake of being different, but different because these laws would help them do things that were in line with God's heart for how people should treat people, how people should respond to him, and how people should respond to his creation. So these aren't just random laws that God made up, but they're laws that were to, to move people forward into living um, in his kingdom, to, to live life more like God intended them to live. So in doing that, though, people would measure themselves by the law, right? You know, People would say, okay, to be perfect, I have to follow all of these laws. And thusly, if I follow all these laws, I can be perfect. 
Um, there were 613 laws that they had to follow just with Moses. And then uh, some rabbis came along later and added a whole bunch more, right? I don't know about you, but we only have two laws in youth group, right? Two rules. Um, don't die, which is just a joking way of saying, please be careful and don't hurt other people or yourself. Um, and the second one is respect everyone. And those are the only two rules. And sometimes we have a really hard time following just those two rules, right? So imagine following 613. You're going to mess up at some point, right? So even if you think you can do that, you're probably not actually doing all of them. And what would happen if you actually did all those laws? Like if you followed them all to the letter, <clears throat> would that still make you a necessarily kind, happy, joyous, good person? Maybe not, right? Um Think of it like this. You all have uh, homework or classes at school that you just like can't stand, right? But you know the bare minimum requirement that you need to, to get by. So you do that, right? You follow that rule. You follow that law. You say, okay, my teacher wants this. I'll give them this. Nothing more. <laughs> and that's exactly what the law does to us, right? It sets up this thing where, first of all, there's so many of them we're probably not going to follow them. That doesn't mean God was wrong in giving them to us, right? He was trying to show the Israelites what righteousness looked like and how to help them live a good life, full well knowing that they'd mess up a lot. But um, we, we as humans, just tend to go for the lowest bar sometimes, right? Like we want to meet the minimum requirements and then we're out, right? So if us as Christians, we just try and follow all of these laws and rules, like that's why Jesus doesn't come down and like, Here's my list of things to do and not do. He never did that. He never did that. And I think there's a reason why, because he knew that that would trip us up, right? People would just aim for that and say, I'm good with Jesus because I did this. But instead, Jesus gave us a bunch of commands um, about to flip those laws, right? Like he talked about uh, how important it was to not... Uh, stare at other people's belongings and care about them to not uh, hate someone in your heart because that was the same as murder, right? Like Jesus took these laws that people were living to like the lowest part and like ratcheted them up and made them even more difficult. And he wasn't doing that to say, hey, that's what you have to be. But he's saying that's why that law was in place, right? Like this law about not hating people is because it means you really want to murder them, right? Like, that's why this murder law was there. It's like, you shouldn't even hate people, but, like, we had to start somewhere. So, um, we're imperfect people. God chooses to work through us. Moses was the same, right? He tried to make up excuses why God couldn't use him. Uh, God gave him these laws. Um, but they, they weren't working because... We, we just uh, flowed for the lowest common denominator um, to try and pass by, to squeak through. Um, but God has so much more for us, and the power of sin still um, lays heavy on us if that's all we're doing is trying to follow a list and say, okay, I followed this list, and now I'm perfect. Um, all of us know that that's not true of us or anyone else except for Jesus. So, after all that talking, let's read Romans 8, verses 1 through 4 in the Message Version. With the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, that fateful dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ's being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous, low-lying black cloud. A new power is in operation, the spirit of life in Christ. Like a strong wind, he has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. 
God went for the jugular when he sent his own son. He didn't deal with the problem as something remote and unimportant. In his son Jesus, he personally took on the human condition, entered the disordered mess of struggling humanity, and ordered to set it right once and for all. The law code, weakened as it always was by fractured human nature, never could have done that. Right? Jesus did something that we couldn't do. We can't save ourselves. We can't be good enough. We can't just wish and hope and use all our strength and focus and mind and just be good enough, right? Like we all mess up. We all make mistakes. We all learn. And God knows that. He's not holding that against us. And he sent Jesus to to do that for us, to help us understand that, first of all, A, he loves us enough to do that. And B, that, that power of sin, those things that, that hold us down, those things where we're selfish and we hurt ourselves, other people, and resist God, all of those things um, are forgiven and that they are destroyed and laid waste um, because of what Jesus did, right? So if you're sitting there thinking, I'm not perfect, that's okay. Jesus came to be perfect for you, right? It's his perfection that God sees when he looks at us. Jesus says, no, no, they're with me, regardless of what we've done, which is amazing, right? So following the law is not enough. All we have to do is follow Jesus, right? That doesn't mean we go do whatever we want. Paul writes more about that in Romans, but following Jesus is enough. But what happens if we follow Jesus, right? It changes the way we act. It changes the way we think. We want to be like him. And if we end up trying to be like him, then we will be pleasing to God. And we will be showing his love to the world. So, if we knew and believed that we didn't have to be perfect, what would that free us from? I don't know how to answer that in your life, right? But for me, it's really amazing to know that I don't have to sit there and beat myself up when I fail, right? I don't have to be completely distraught and destroyed when I mess up. I can humbly come to Jesus and say, I know I did this, and I know you love me, and I know that you will forgive me. Please help me learn from this mistake and help me move forward to not repeat it, but to show your glory in everything I do. Right, that's what that does for me, knowing that I don't have to be perfect. Right, and that also changes the equation of how we measure our own worth and other people's worth. Right, it's not just about what they've done for us or how good they look on paper or or if they've followed all these rules, but it's Jesus in them. Right, we don't have to make a hierarchy of people. We're all in the same boat. We all need grace and forgiveness, and Jesus willingly offers it to everyone. So that's the gospel. Go preach it. Go share it. Go live it out towards people in your school, in your family that aren't living that way, and and show them that, no, there is a way. You are able to be loved. You're not supposed to be perfect. I'm not perfect, and this is what Jesus has done for me. Share that story. It'll do more than you know. Love you guys. Have an awesome week.